The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masikat Shekalim has been dedicated by Dr. Isaac Meddeb and his wife Lily in memory of Moshe ben Nachel Man. We hope that the learning of the 22 Dapim of Masikat Shekalim will be a a ilui neshama for the niftar Moshe ben Rachel. Tehi nishmatot zerura b'tzol ha'chayim. Amen. Daf Yud Aleph. Today's daf has been dedicated by Mr. Mozi Kabaso in memory of his mother Rosa Bat Leah. Ruach Hashem tanihena began Eden. Amen. Today's daf is being studied. Ilui neshmat acham baruch Rafael ben Miriam. And Avraham ben Esther, Ruach Hashem Tanihem began Eden. Amen. We are beginning on Daf Yud Amud Bet. We're eight lines on the bottom, starting from Amar of Chizkiya. So comes the Gemara and says, Amar of Chizkiya, Tana Rabbi Yehuda Gud Gedot. Rabbi Yehuda Gud Gedot learned a Ketoret. That's the Ketoret that word every day. On the Mizbeah HaPenimi, on the inner Mizbeah, that's the spices, the Chol Kibbanot HaSibur, and for that matter, all the Korbanot that were brought on the Mizbeah HaChitzon, Ba'in Mitrumat HaLishka. So they come from Mitrumat HaLishka, that's from the monies of Shekalim. Mizbah HaZahab, but the Mizbah HaZahab itself, now that Mizbeah was special in the sense that it was not attached to the ground, and therefore it was considered a movable, and therefore it had a status like a <coughs> klisharet, vechol klisharet, for that matter, all the kelim, the vessels that were used for the kodesh, ba'im memotar nesachim, so they came from an item that we don't know what it is yet, but it's called motar nesachim, uh, like we learned in the Mishnah, the Mishnah said that klisharet uh, was bought, they used the money, from Motar Nesachim. We will see later in the Gemara what is Motar Nesachim. but the inner Mizbeah, they call that Mizbeah Ola, or they call it Mizbeah Haison, which was uh, attached to the ground. It was Mechubar Lekarka. The Hechal, Hechal would be the antechamber in the Beit Tavigash, Azarot would be the courtyards. Ba'in Mishiyare Halishka, that would come from Shiyare Halishka, or I think there's a Gersad change there. Yeah. Good. Would be Melishkat Bedekabayit. Which that would come from the maintenance fund of the Beit Hamikdash. Again, this is the infrastructure of the Beit Hamikdash. All these items are considered binyan. The mizbeach that's attached to the ground, the echalot, the azarot. So that would come from the Melishkat uh, Bedekabayit, which is again a fund that was for the maintenance and running of the Beit Hamikdash. Chutz azarot. However, all the items that were outside the azarot. Uh, for example, that would be uh, the Azat Nashim. That would be the special area called Azat Nashim. It would call the Hel. Again, that was another type of courtyard. The different walls around the Harabayat mm-hmm. and the walls around the city, that's all Chutz Azarot. So the Gemara says over here, Ba'in Mishiyare Alishka. That would come from the leftovers of the Shekalim from that year. Comes the Gemara and says, Ve'atani. Didn't we learn that what that the stones of the Mizbeah, the Hechal itself, <coughs> the rocks, the stones that are built to Hechal, if you used it for personal purposes, <coughs> it is considered as if one transgresses Cholin. Now we have a question on this. If, if one is Mo'el, mm-hmm. that one can only be Mo'el on something that has the Kedushah. Now we learned that the leftover Shekalim from last year, the leftovers do not have Kedushah. So therefore, whatever they bought with it cannot have a Kedushah. So the question is, how could you be Mo'el on something that in itself did not have a Kedushah? The money that was used to purchase it did not have a Kedushah. Is there Me'ilah with the Shinaim of Hegdesh? So the Gemara says, yes, Ela can be Me'ir. Yes, according to the Me'ir there is. The Rabbi Me'ir Amar Mu'alim B'Shinaim. The Rabbi Me'ir is one that said that there is indeed Me'ilah by the Shinaim, by the uh, leftover Shekalim. And therefore, whatever you buy with it is going to be subject to Me'ilah. Amar B'Hiyam. Rabbi says, no. When did the Rabbi Me'ir say this Me'ilah on the leftover court? Only within the year of the Shekalim. However, Ha'cha Chutz 
Here we're talking about after the year is up, which is after the year is up, even according to the Bimeir, those leftover Shekalim go to Cholim. Therefore, according to all opinions, the stuff that you're buying with the Motar Shekalim will not have a deen of Me'ilah. Therefore, the question is, why then would you be Mo'il on these items? The Gemara does not resolve this question. Amar Al-Fuskiyah, Satana Rabbi Yehuda, Good Gedot. We learned in the name of the Buddha, Good Gedot. Hashulchan Menorah is behind the parochet. All these items, the table, the bed, the mikdash, the menorah, the mizbechot, the altars, the parochet. That would be the curtains. Me'akibim the korbanot. Meaning, if these items are not in their proper place in the Beit Hamikdash, and a sacrifice was brought, the sacrifice is invalid. Which is saying a hadush over here for the korban to be valid, these furnishings must be in their proper place. We're following the Gidusah that says kiyor and kan. I mean, the only item that's going to invalidate a korban is the sink and its base. Okay. Which means you need the sink because the kohanim must wash their hands and feet before they bring the korban. So therefore, if that's not uh, there, uh, so therefore they didn't wash their hands and feet, incidentally, the deen is the hayab mita if they don't wash their hands and feet and bring the korban. So therefore, uh, this is the only item that is ma'akev. <coughs> Comes again, Gemara says, ve'lochen, but this is not the way we have the opinion of some other rabbis. This is the opinion of Hachemim and Bimir, they were Tanaim. We are now going to see the opinion of some Amoraim that had different opinions. So the question again is going to be, how could they argue on the Tanaim? Both these rabbis says, Kol Han, Dikhtiv, Nochah, any place in the Torah that the word Nochah is used on any furnishing, for example, on the menorah, it says the menorah stands noka hashulhan. So any item or furniture that has the word noka ma'akev, that already can invalidate the korban if it's in the wrong place. Tzela eno ma'akev. But any item that uses the word tzela, which means the side, for example, by the shulhan, it says that the shulhan is on tzela safon. So therefore, things of tzela are not ma'akev. Things of noka. That's the first opinion. The second opinion says that not only the menorah is ma'akev that says nocha, but even the shulchan is going to be ma'akev the korban that it says on it tzela. Third opinion. He comes along and says even where it says in the Torah lashon sima to place. These items are also ma'akev. Now this includes much wise. Most of the items in the Beit Hamikdash and the Mishkan, the word vayasim that it was placed. So therefore, he's coming to include many more items. Bottom line, none of these three opinions are concurring with the two opinions of Hakamim and Rabbi Meir. Again, the opinions of Hakamim were uh, Rabbi Meir said it's the Shulchan, the Menorah the Mizbechot and the Parochet. Those four items are Me'akev. So clearly, these three opinions over here are not concurrent with the Bimi'ir, because the first two opinions either say Menorah or all Menorah and Shulchan, and the third opinion includes much more than the Bimi'ir. Certainly they're not going like the Hakamim, because the Hakamim, they only say the Kiyor and the Kano, as opposed to all these other uh, items that are mentioned. So how are we going to reconcile the opinion of these Amoraim? So the Gibraltar Amor Bihalina, Kan Ba'avodot Shibifnim, Kan Ba'avodot Shibachos, which means... That which the Bimir and the Hakamim argued, that was talking about the services that were done bahuts, which means when you bring the Qurbanot on the Mizbech HaChitzonah, you need all the inner furnishings, which is the inner furnishings, like the Menorah or the uh, Shulchan, all these other items that the Bimir and Hakim were arguing on, only discussing when you're bringing things on the outside, then the things inside will be ma'akev. Uh, for example, the Rabbi Meir says, the kelim that are inside, that would be the Aron, the Shuhad, the Menorah, all these items, if they're not in the right spot, they'll affect the Qurban that's brought on the Mizbayah, Haitzon. Therefore, if they take it away from this place, you cannot bring the Qurban. Hakamim argue, and they say nothing is ma'akev, the outer Mizbayah, except the Kiyor and the Kano. But the only discussion in that Mahlukah was the Mizbayah HaChitzon. However, 
these Amoraim that we just discussed over here, they're not talking about the Qurban that were brought outside the Hekal. They're talking about the uh, service that was done inside on these vessels themselves. Which means if you lit the menorah when it was not in its place, or you put the Lihama Parim on the Shulchan, that was not in its place. Which means we're talking about using these vessels themselves when they are not in the proper place. And, the, and each rabbi has his opinion. One rabbi says only the items that say Nocha. And one rabbi says, no, only the items that say Tzela. Another rabbi says, no, all the items that say Sima. Again, that's talking about using the items for themselves. Well, the Kurbanot of the Mizbahid Son. Bifnim, meaning using these vessels that are inside, but using them when they are not in the proper place. Are they Me'akev or not? Comes again, and continues, Amar, Rabbi Hanina, Rabbi Hanina said, there was a lot of pompousness or gava, arrogance, when it came to the Kohanim Gedolim in their times. Uh, why? If you remember, we learned that the Kohanim, according to one opinion, they would pay for the ramp that was used to take the paraduma from Harabayat all the way to Harazetin. The purpose of the ramp was, was to interpose just in case there's Tum'ah on the ground. So therefore, so the para will not be mahil, or the person bringing the para will not be mahil over the mat. They would make a ramp with a tefah underneath that had a roof in order to interpose from the Tumana. Who paid for that ramp? According to Abba Sha'ul in the Mishnah, the ramp was paid by the Kohanim Gedim. So the Gemara says that the Kohanim in that generation, they had a lot of arrogance. Why? Which means it used to cost a really lot, a lot of money. 60 um, kikarim, 60 gold talents, which was a lot of money. Shaya para. That was the kevish of the para omed. It would stand in its uh, place. The problem was every time they would slaughter a new paraduma, they would spend money for a new kevish. None of the kohanim would use the kevish of their friends. So that was shachtani. That was gava. Why can't they use the the kevish of uh, that was erected already? So they would be spending uh, extra money over there. Each Kohen wanted to bring his paraduma on his own rim. Ela, Sotro, they would dismantle the first one, Ubone, Oto, Mishelo, and they would build a new one. So, Gibraltar said, How could that be Hitib? Rabbi Ola, Kome, Rabbi Manam. So, Rabbi Ola is the question in front of Rabbi Manam. Ve'atani, we learn, Shimona Sadiq, Shte Farot Asa. In his time, Shimona Sadiq, who's the Kohen Gadol, in his time, there were two paradumas that were made. Lo bakevish yotzi itzu, hosi itzu. And he didn't use the same kevish. Now, what are you going to tell me? Itach lememar, Shimona Sadiq, Shahatsaya. What are you going to tell me? That Shimona Sadiq was a gava? What? He didn't use the same, uh, the same one, and even it doesn't make sense. Because the logic doesn't make sense, because he, he was the one that made the first one. So now it's not even pompousness, because why would he make two different ones? Which means it's one thing that, you know, that they didn't want to use their friends, but he, he made the first one, so we don't even understand the logic. What was Shimon and Sadiq doing? So Gemara says, and you have to say, So you have to say, what's the logic? Why the Quranim really made new ramps? Not because they were... Uh, not because they were pompous. Because this was considered a ma'ala, a an extra humra or a uh, a higher standard, we'll call it, that they made for the paraduma. Elevated the para. Now, why why did they make this elevation? Which means they wanted to show for each para when Mahmid to make its own uh, its own uh, highway, its own ramp. Why? Because generally speaking. They always wanted to do extra humrot when it came to the para'aduma because in one situation they were lenient when it came to para'aduma. There was a case of a tebul yom. What's the case of a tebul yom? A person became tamer. Now, uh, during the day, he's considered a tebul yom. He has to wait till the evening. To, uh, he goes to the mikveh during the day. He waits till the evening for his tara to be complete. Halakha says a tebul yom can be the one that brings the para'aduma. Wow. Now the Tzidukim argued on that The Tzidukim came along and said No, Tebul Yom is Pasul To bring the Paraduma This is a case where the Tzidukim were more Mahmir Than the Hakamim So what would the Rabbis do? Bedavka to show the Tzidukim that they were wrong They would metameh The one that was bringing the Paraduma Make him a Tebul Yom And specifically bring, use him To show the Tzidukim that they are wrong Now since they would go out of their way to do this leniency The Hakamim were concerned That other leniencies now would 
come up that are not legal. So therefore, to compensate this leniency by Paraduma, they had to make a lot of other humrot, like making the ramp, etc., in order to keep the standard of Paraduma high. So to say this was another one of those ma'alot that they did by always making a new ramp, <coughs> but it wasn't shahsarit, it was just to make another ramp. And the Gebrahim says another thing about those ramps. Tani, we learned to the Braitha. Zizin, uhtadina yu yotzin On the sides of the ramp, they have like walls. It wasn't opened on the sides. Why were they concerned about? We didn't want the Kohanim who are walking the para on the ramp to look over the side. If there's Tumah on the side, what's going to happen? They're going to be Mahil. So in order to keep the Kohanim from looking over the sides of the ramp, they had to put walls up in order to keep them on the ramp itself. They shouldn't be Mahil on a mat that is on the other sides. Hence, they would be Metamedi Paraduma. Comes the Gibran says... We learned that the leftovers of the lishka, shiare <coughs> lishka, what do we do with them? So we said, according to the Bishmael, they would buy wine, flour, <coughs> and um, oils, and then they would resell it to the people that would come into the business. They would make business with the leftovers. He says that you do not make business with Higdish. And then he said also in the Mishnah, with Ta'anim's money as well. Now, however, Ela imratsa ha'hefsid shelo v'asachar lehegdesh mutar. Which means, but even because of Yaakiva, if it's risk-free for Egdesh, he says it's okay. Uh, Meaning, if the guy says that he's been willing to take the losses, but Hegdesh gets the Profits. profits, and even the Biakiva will say it's no problem. See, he was only worried about the downside, right? But if the Gizbar of the Bet Megdash says, I take the loss. If the price goes down, it comes out of my pocket, so therefore Hegdesh is guaranteed to win. So therefore he says, Mutar. Comes Gibraltar says, Kada, Barzimna. It's like there was a person, a certain fellow, his name was Barzimna. It pekat gabeh, madal diatmin. They gave him they gave him a collateral, let's say, to watch all the money of the Yatomim. He was the Apotropos, he was the administrator of the money of the orphans. So he asked the Bimana, is he allowed to spend the money and invest it in order to make money for the Yatomim, for the orphans? Right? So comes the Gemara says, Amarle, Ibait, if you want, which means if you want <coughs> that the losses will be all yours and the sechar uh, the <coughs> the profits will be for both you shared it's like a business deal shari only in this case it's mutar I'll explain why in a second also he had the money of the Yatumimim, and he did that. Which means he did it in a way that if they makes money, so it goes to both of them. But if they lose money, it goes to the... He has to pay the downfall. The reason why they have to structure like this is because you could have a problem of rebit. Which means if a person... Yeah, interest. <coughs> a person structures a deal where he can only, uh, uh, he can only make money, but he can't lose money, so therefore that's an issue now of the beat, which is you're guaranteeing him return. So it's as if it's a loan, and you're lending them the money, and you're giving him a, 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 a an interest payment. So therefore it's like charging interest. So that we cannot structure it like that. So therefore he says, it's a business uh, deal, which means we split the... Uh, we split the profit, so therefore it makes it like a business deal, so therefore it takes care of the issue of the, uh, the beat. And some say that even if you didn't split it, the hakamim in this case, since it's the beat the Rabbanan, they waive their the beat uh, issue over here for the aniim or for the yetomim in order for them to make a, uh, to make a profit, in order for them to have a chance to make profit. Comes the Gemara and says, Motar Perot. <coughs> we learned in the Mishnah, according to the Bishmael, the money that was gained by the profits of selling all these product, that was called Motar Perot. <coughs> what did they do with the Motar Perot? So it says it was Kayitz HaMizbayah. They used that for Korbanot on the Mizbayah. The Mishnah also said Motar Terumah, that the leftover money for the Terumah of the Shekalim was used for Klisharet, to buy the vessels. The Biakiva came along and said, no, Motar Nesachim, whatever that is, was used for Klisharet. Comes again with us, Manitin, Rabbi Ishmaeli. This Mishnah must be going like Rabbi Ishmael, because when it says Motar Perot, who's the only opinion that says there was Perot? 
Rabbi Ishmael, because he's the only one that allowed you to sell product, and therefore you got a profit. So the Gemara says, Rabbi Hayabar Yosef explained that when it says Motar Perot and Motar Nesachim, Motar Perot, what is Motar Perot? Sachar Nekdesh. Again, that was the profit that Egdesh made by selling these items. And therefore, that's called Motar Perot. And what do you do with these items? So it says, Kayet Samizbayah. And what is Motar Nesachim? Motar Nesachim is an item that was mentioned by the Akiva. What is this item? Zu This is the fourth Se'ah. What does this mean? When the Gizbarim of the Beta Mikdash would go buy product from vendors, and they would always go buy because they need for the Beta Mikdash, for the Kurbanot Sibur, you need, you need Solet, you need Yayin, you need Shemen. But Hekdesh always gets the advantage, which means <coughs> they pay the uh, vendors upfront money. Okay. okay. But whichever way the price fluctuates, by the time they need it, the advantage goes to Hegdesh. Example. Let's say at the time that they're buying it, you would get three se'ah for a se'lah. They paid them up front. We're giving you money, and the going rate is three se'ah for a se'lah. By the time they brought it, and they used it, the price went up, meaning went down. Now you get four se'ah for a se'lah. So now the vendors must give the extra se'ah to the Kodesh. Now, when Kodesh would sell these goods to, let's say, the private people, they would sell it at the going rate. Three se'ah for a se'ah. So there was an extra se'ah that was given to Kodesh. Again, when they bought it, it was three se'ah. When it came to the top that they needed it, it went to four. The vendors would have to supply the extra uh, se'ah. Advantage Kodesh. Now, when Hegdesh would, let's say, sell it to people that were coming to the Beit HaMikdash, they needed the product, so they would sell it for the regular price. Whatever the regular price is, it's three se'ah. So there's an extra se'ah that they have. So that would be called motad nesachim. <coughs> the extra uh, difference of the fluctuation of the nesachim that went up from the time that they purchased to the time that they needed. So what did the Biakiba say with this? These items would go to... By Kli Sharet. They would buy the vessels of the Beit HaMikdash. Comes the Gemara and says, so therefore, according to this, you have two items. You have Motar Perot, that's the Bishmael. And you have Motar Nesaki, that would be the B Akiva, which means it's going even like the Akiva. The Yohanan argues, Ufatar Matnita, he says like this, Motar Perot Zose Aridirit. He says, no, Motar Perot's got nothing to do with the leftover Shikalim that you that you sold and all that. No, Motar Perot is talking about the regular Shikalim that you spent on uh, product. And when the price fluctuated and there was an extra sale, that's Motar Perot. And that can be going according to everybody. Meaning Motar Perot now is not only according to the Bishmael. Everybody agrees that there was Motar Perot, the Motar Perot is going the Kulama. Motar Nesachim, what was Motar Nesachim? Le Berutsin. What is Berutsin? Uh, Berutsin is the overflow, which means when you would buy the goods, the vendors would give you a heaping measure. So they would fill up the, let's say, the flour, heaping. They would fill up the oil or the wine over and above the, the rim of the. So that's considered what? Generous. Generous portion, but that would go to the? Hegdesh. So we're talking about motar nesachim, the extra nesachim, the heapage. So they would sell that for, let's say, according to Akiva, they would use it for keli uh, sharet. So therefore, according to this opinion, the Mishnah's language of motar perot and motar nesachim is going according to everybody. So it comes to the Gemara and says, The first rabbi that learned motar perot is talking about the, uh, the prophets that they would sell. <coughs> and the Botan Nisachim was talking about the extra uh, se'ah. He doesn't know this concept of Birutzin? He has told it because there's a clear Tosifta that says there was a concept of Birutzin, of that overflow. But the first opinion, he disregards it. So he doesn't. Which is both things. When he said... Uh, that Motar Nesachin is the extra se'ah on the fluctuation. He also meant to say it's also including Birusin, meaning the extra thing that heaps over the uh, <coughs> over the um, rim. the rim of the keli. That's.
that's also considered part of uh, the extra sa'as, so to speak. It's the same concept. That why you use that money, you sell it and use the money to buy kli shadet. So everybody agrees that there was this concept called bidutzin. <coughs> now the Gemara explains. Al dated Rabbi Chaya Bar Yosef. It's good according to the opinion of Rabbi Chaya Bar Yosef Niha. Why? In mistakirin b'shel hegdesh, afno b'shel anim. The logic is according to Rabbi Akiva, you're not allowed to make business not with the money of hegdesh and not with the money of the anim. Lefikak. That's why the Mishnah says zevaze lo ayu modim beferot. If you remember, at the end of the Mishnah, we had a machloket of. They were arguing what you do with leftover monies. But the Gemara clearly said, according to both of them, they both say there is no uh, perot. Which, which is understand. What do you mean there's no perot? There is no option to take the leftover shekalim, buy product, and engage in commerce. So the Mishnah's language makes sense. Now what? They did not agree to the concept of perot. Why? Because And therefore, both agree to this concept. However, Which means, because Rabbi Yohanan was Motat perot. Motat perot is the Sa'ad of Yait. Is that extra Sa'ad that the Hegdesh gets? Everybody agrees that there was a Sa'ad of Yait. How can you say they're not more there? Beperot. What do you mean? Of course, that thing be more than beperot. It's a beferush mishnah. It says vehat tanina. We learned in the mishnah. Amdu mishalosh yisapek me'arba. That if the price moved from three to four, the vendors have to pay the extra uh, fourth seah take this. Utinan zevazed lo yomodim beperot. And they're going to come along and say they don't agree to this concept of perot. What are you talking about? It's a beferush mishnah. They have to agree to it. And so the question, just if you say perot is the transaction, mm-hmm. good, we understand, they agreed, no transaction. Why? Because we don't want to take this to lose money, etc. But if you say that perot, perot means that it's the extra se'ah that this would gain, how can, how can it say, they don't agree to this? We don't agree to it. It's the Mishnah that says, this gets the extra se'ah. So the Gemara says, now, lo ayumudim beperot bekayitz lamizbeyah. They all agree that there's a concept of perot. It's just that they didn't agree that the perot goes to Kayetz HaMizbeyach, which is according to the Bishmael. The Bishmael said, the extra se'ah is Kayetz HaMizbeyach. They come along and say, we agree that there's a concept of perot. When it says, lo modim beperot, we don't agree with, with you it. what to do with it. You say use it for kayetz ha-mizbeah, we say you can use it for klisharet. So that's the only mahlokan. Not that the concept doesn't exist, but yeah, what do you use the uh, items for? Comes the Gemara and says, according to the Akiva, we said that what? They used to use these birutsim, yeah. right? That's the motan nesachim. Motan nesachim, we explained, is according to Rabbi uh, Yohanan, uh, is what birutsim, that's the overflow, Heapage. right? That heaping uh, measures that they got, they would use that extra and sell it to buy kli sharet. So the Gemara says, <coughs> Gemara says like this, Ad kedon sibur. I understand that this is applying to, let's say, uh, flour, and wine and oil that you bought for korbanot of sibur, and therefore you want to tell me you could buy klisharet, which is needed for the sibur. However, vafilu benutze yahid, are you going to tell me even let's say on an individual that's buying his flour for a personal korban, do they use the extra heap as kodesh to buy klisharet? Lo nimseu klisharet. You cannot use a klisharet that's coming from a yachid. It's got to come from uh, the sibur funds. So comes the Gemara and says, It's like what we learned in yesterday's daf. You have the mother of a kohen. She makes the ketonet for her son. So what do we say? Kishira. What do you mean? It's coming from a private donation. The clothes of the kohen will have to come from public funds. So we explained, When she gives it over, she gives it over wholeheartedly, what? For the sibur, to use it for avodat sibur. So therefore, the same thing over here. These birutsim of the yahid, these 
extra heaping, you can take them and let the Yahid give it over wholeheartedly for the Surik of the Sibur, and therefore indeed they can buy Klisharit with them as well. Comes the Gemara and says another item regarding the Bidutsim, these extra heaping. Now, just to explain what the Gemara Menachot says, there is a subject in Gemara Menachot discussing uh, the way uh, the Klisharit were sanctified. Some say that Klisharit that we use for dry measures, for example, flour, were only sanctified within, meaning they would pour oil, that's how they sanctified the Klisharit. You couldn't just buy it and say, that is a Klisharit. You had to pour the oil. In the keli, and then we make it sanctified. So therefore, when it came to the dry measures, they would sanctify it from the inside. Okay? So therefore, only the inside of the klisharet of dry measures was kodesh. The outside was not. However, when it came to klilach, when it came to the vessels that they used for wet measures, liquid measures, they would sanctify with the oil, both on the inside and both on the outside. Now that's going to affect the heap. Because on a dry measure, the heap is on top. It does not have any contact with the inside of the keli. And therefore, maybe on a dry measure, the heap will not even be Kodesh. Mashi'enken on a uh, wet measure, liquid measure, even if you say, uh, it heaped, but doesn't matter. The sides and the rims and the outside of the keli is Kodesh anyway. So therefore, could be by lah. Any type of heaping will be always Kodesh, but not by dry. So therefore the Gemara is going to discuss, is there a difference between dry and and wet? Now, I want to point out, even if you say that even by the liquid measures, that they only sanctify the inside of the keli, still it's not a problem. Why? Because what happens when you pour liquid into liquid, so the liquid goes down and displaces liquid that was in the keli up. So the heaping part of the liquid really was in the keli. So therefore, regardless, it's always going to be Kodesh. But when you have, let's say, dry measure, you just pour it on top, it doesn't displace anything, that's the item. So therefore, no matter how you learn, there's going to be a difference between the liquid measure and the dry measure. So that's what the Gemara is going to ask. Now, until now, for sure, we're talking about which means either because the keli is Kodesh on the inside and the outside, or because it displaces stuff that was already on the inside. So the Gemara says, Is this going to apply to also to the dry measure? Meaning, they did not sanctify the outside of the keli. And there's no displacement. And therefore, are you going to say that the birut on the top is also considered Kodesh as by the flower? So Gemara says, Like we learned in pasul, Which means, if let's say you had Nesachim, okay, uh, the wine uh, items, and you put it in its vessel, and they became Kadosh. Mm-hmm. And now the Korban that they were bringing ended up to become Pasul. Now what do you do with these? The Sakhim. Right, if you can get another Korban, you can use these Nesachim for a new Korban. However, if you can, now what do you do with these Nesachim? So it says, Lanu, which means, if let's say, these Nesachim, they stayed overnight. Now once they stay overnight, they become pasul because it's lina. Yufselu belina. So they become pasul with lina. But what do you see over here? You see over here that once they put them in the keli, uh, uh, these nesachim over here, kitshu bekeli, they became kadosh with the keli. Implying that what? That if they were not placed in the keli, so therefore, there's no kiddushah uh, to them, okay. and therefore there's no problem. Uh, also, oh, what's the given I want to prove from there? When it comes to birutse yavish, the dry measure, they did not become kadosh with the keli. Why did they become kadosh with the keli? They didn't go in the keli, because they're on the outside. And the outside of the kli yavish did not become kodesh. So they were just like we're saying. You put them in a kli sharit. Only because you put them in a kli sharit, you have a problem. What do you do with them? Oh, you got to leave them overnight, but they become pasuk, because there's no korban. But only because they're in a kli sharit. Dry measure is never in the Yeah, the stuff that's in the is Kodesh anyway. We're talking about the Biruts. We're talking about the 
the heaping measure on top. That never went into the into the into the keli. Ah, but it touched the rim. Yeah, but the rim of a of 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 a yavesh never became kodesh. So if you see what there's a difference between lach and yavesh. Comes the gemara and continues halacha gimel. We start the next mishnah. The liquid when the, the outside is cut off? Yes. E- either. No. Either. Either when they sanctified the liquid klisharet, they sanctified the inside and the outside, or even if they didn't, the displacement that was in the keli already. So that's the one that comes out. So it's called this already. We start the next Mishnah. Now, with every day they brought the ketoret. The ketoret had altogether 368 uh, measures to it. Every day they used one measure. So basically at the end of each year, you had about three measures that were left over. Now, what would you do with the leftover measures of the ketoret? You can't just say, well, we'll use it for next year. Because next year's ketoret has to be spent with new monies of shekalim. So it's a new fiscal year for the Beit HaMikdash. So what do you do with the leftover ketoret? Which the real question is, is there a way where we could kosher the ketoret of last year to use it for this year. So the Gemara is going to figure out a way. The Mishnah says, How did you kosher it up in order to use it for this year? So the Gemara says, <coughs> You go to the Trumat Nishka and you take uh, monies, and you designate it for Schara Umanim, which is you had the different people that worked in the Beit HaMikdash, whether the builders or the different uh, services that were done. So you take money of Kodesh, and you uh, designate it for payment of the Schar um, HaUmanim, for the workers. Umahalelim Ota, Al Ma'ot Umanim. Now you can't give them this money, it's Kodesh. So what do you do? The Kiddushah of last year's Ketoret, right? You... Take the Kiddushah of that money and you transfer it to the Shekalim. Mm-hmm. So now the Ketoret is clean, it is Olim. Okay? Now what do you do? Vinotin Ota, La Umanim You pay the Umanim with Ketoret. So now what do they have? They have Ketoret that is Olim. Now, now what do they do? Vehozim Vilokin now the new funds come in, they take the new shekalim, they go to these guys in Umanim, and they buy the Hulim Ketoret, right? Back, and then they can use it for the new year with the new shekalim. So again, it's three processes. Number one, uh, they have the Ketoret over here that is Kodesh, from last year, non-usable. What do they do? They take money. Now, the question is, where did they take this money from? From the Mishnah's mother, they took it from the Hegdesh. They took this money. Now, they need to pay the wages of the workers. How do they pay the wages of the workers? They can't just give them the money. It's Kodesh. Right? It doesn't go off on the, on the wages. So they got to transfer. So what do they do? They take the Ketoret that they have. They transfer the Kedushah of the Ketoret. I'm sorry. They can't transfer. Uh, yes, they, they take the Kedushah of the Ketoret to the money. Now, even though the money had Kedushah already. The Gebrah is going to ask, how could you take something that has Kiddushah already and put more Kiddushah to it? Usually Kiddushah has got to go to something that's Chodin. That's the Gebrah's question. But this is what they did. They took the Kodesh money, the Ketorah that has Kiddushah, transferred to that. Now the Ketorah is Chodin. Good. Stage two. Give it to the, to the workers as payment. Good. Now they have it. Now go back to the box on the, get the new Shekhanim of the new year. Buy it back from them. Now the Ketorah is considered Kodesh with new Shekhanim money. Now you can use it to make the Ketorah of the upcoming year. So comes the Gemara, Mishnah says, the Imba Hadash Bismano, Nukhino Tamitum Hadasha, the Imla, Mirai Shana. Which means, this is only talking if you got the new shikalim in the proper time. If the shikalim made it to the Beit HaMikdash by Rosh Chodesh Nisan. But sometimes the shikalim did not make it to the Beit HaMikdash. Why? There was a siege in Yerushalayim. And therefore, the monies did not get there in time. So the Mishnah is a big hadush. In that case, what do you do? You're allowed to use the old shikalim to do this procedure. Mm-hmm. Now the Mepharshim explained, he used last year's Shekalim. Yeah. Now, the Mepharshim explained that this is only with the Avad. Meaning, if let's say you started the process already. Right. Meaning, let's say you took uh, uh, money. Okay? And you uh, transferred the money, uh, the, 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 the Ketoret, to the money. To the money uh, to the wages. And now you realize that what? The monies of the Shekalim did not come in. 
So in that case over there we say you could use the last year's shikari. But like if you know that the monies of the shikari did not come in, you're not like you use last year's funding for the ketor to make it kosher for this year. So again, when the Mishnah says that's only talking about if the new coins came in its time, but if not, you can't take it from the old one. So again, I explain it again. We're talking about where we have the money of the Nishka. That's the money, let's say, of the, the maintenance money for the Bet HaMikdash, we'll call it. That money has Kedushah to it. Now, you took that money, I'm repeating the process. You went and you took the Ketorah of Leishin that had Kedushah on it, you transferred it to that money. Good. You took the Ketorah now that was Cholim, you paid the artisans, you paid the workers. Now, when the new monies of Shikarim arrived, you took the new money and you bought it back from the artisans, and therefore they got paid, and you got a Ketorah that was Kodesh, paid with new monies. So the Mishnah just tells you that, let's say, the monies of the Shikarim, for some reason, didn't get to Yerushalayim. I explained to you why. There was a siege on Yerushalayim, the monies could not get there. So then the Mishnah says, you can use... Uh, last year's Shikalin to buy back the Ketorah from the artisans. But I'm just explaining to you that's only Bidi Adad meaning. If let's say you started to take the money of the Rishka and you made the Hilul, meaning you transferred the Ketushah of last year's Ketorah on the wages and you paid the artisans with the Ketorah. Then you found out Mm -hmm. that the monies of Shikalin were not available. Okay, you could use last year's Shikalin. But if you knew going in that the monies of this year's chicken are not going to get there, you cannot even start the process. Comes to Gemara and explains, Gemara says, Lo nimsai hikdesh mithalila hikdesh? First question to Gemara. How can hikdesh be consecrated on hikdesh? Meaning you take the Lashish Ketorah, that's Kodesh, and you're putting that Kedushah on the money of the Lishka of the Bedek Abayit, that's Kodesh already. Normally Kodesh only goes on something that is Cholin. So comes the Gemara says, Kesa do Oseh. So what does he do? Amar Bishamon Bar Bisna, Mevi Ma'ot Umhalelan Ala Binyan. Which means the money of the Lishka is Kodesh, right? But the way they used to do it in the old days, the Bet HaMikdash was, they would build the Bet HaMikdash, a building, right? They would pay the workers from Cholin money, borrowed money. Once the construction was complete, they would take the money of the Bedek Abayit and now take the Kiddushah of the Bedek Abayit money, transfer it to the construction, to the stones. Now this would become Holin. With that money they would use to put the Kiddushah of Lashish Ketoret. And therefore the price would continue. So therefore this money really was Holin. How? Because that's the way they worked it. They would spend Cholin money on the construction, and it wouldn't become sanctified till after it was built. So after the stones were built, then the Bet Kabai money went to the stones, and the Bet Kabai became uh, open. Then again, you bring the Ketoret, and you continue the process. says, Okay, now you have a Now the money that has the Ketoret Kedusha on it. Mm. See, that made the Gabayit money. Yeah, right. Originally was <coughs> Kodesh. You made it Cholin by putting it on the building. Right? So the Kedusha of the coins went to the building and now the coins are free. You took the Ketoret Kedusha and put it back on the coins. Good. Now what do you do with those coins? Those coins are Kodesh. Now what do you do with those coins? So the Gabbana says, Otanamaot mayasebahen, the bi omer, omer ani, yenatnu lebet garmu ulbet aptinas, shayubikim bepitumak keturut maase lehmapanim. You give it to the two families, the aptinas family and the garmu family. What was special about these families? They were the experts in making the Ketoret, because it was a special way, and the shape of the Lechem Panim, which had a special defined shape that only those two families were actually. Aptinas was the family that made the Ketoret, and the Ganama was the family that made the Lechem Panim. So you had to pay them. They did work. So the Gemara says, with that money, you pay the families. says, hold it. This only applies if, let's say, you owed them money from work that was done already from last year, which means. They did their work. Halakha says that you don't get paid till the end. Till your job is finished. So if they finished last year's work and we still owe them money, then you can use this money to pay them. However, if they're in the middle of the work, they didn't finish their job yet. So you can't pay them with this money. They're not, they're not obligated to get paid yet. Payment is only till after they finish a year's work of work. So if they finish a year's work of work, beautiful. Pay them with the extra money. 
However, the question is, what if they didn't finish their work? Then what do you do with the leftover money? So the Gemara says, <coughs> again, this is only talking, that you're obligated to pay them from the first time, from the beginning of their work to the end. However, if they're in the middle of their work, then already, what would you do with the... Um, with this, uh, with this money over here. So the Gemara is going to say, "The bar ba He asked, "Lo ayu If you weren't obligated, what did you do with the money?" So the Gemara says, "Atar bi ba Okay, You spend it for korbanot for the mizbeiyah. Rabbi ba bar kohen ba'ekom the question in front of Rabbi Yosa. Mehalefa shitated Rabbi Chaya bar ba. Rabbi Chaya bar ba argues or contradicts himself. Why? Rabbi Chaya bar ba. Yeah, he reversed his opinion, which means he contradicted himself. Which is Rabbi Chaya bar ba says like this: Taman tzirichale the hacha pshitale. Which means originally he had a question: What do you do with the monies? If you don't pay Bet Karmu and Bet Aptinas, it was a question he had. Okay. He had a sefik. Let's say they're not up to getting paid yet. Right? They're still in the middle of their work. So then he asked the question in front of Rabbi. Uh, he asked the question in front of. Oh, he just asked the question. He had a question. What do you do with the money? However, however, in another place, he was pashut that what? He used it for Kaitz Abizbayah. But he had the answer. So the question is, why in one place you were misupak what you do with the money, and in another place you were, vada you knew that you used the money for, make up your mind, what was your safik? At one point you had a safik, at another point you were pashut. What, were you, what did you raise the question if you knew it already? So that's, that's the Kabbalah's question. So I read this again. Rabbi ba barkoen ba'ekome Rabbi Yosa. Rabbi ba barkoen asked the question for Rabbi Yosa. Mehalefa shitatet Rabbi Hayabar ba. Rabbi Hayabar ba is contradicting himself. Taman sirikale. In one place over there, sirikale had a question. Ve'acha pshitale. But another place was pashuta wad. It's kayitz hamizbayah. So what was the safek? So the Gemara says, had it sirikale bechli sharet. Which means, it was pashut, according to the Bihiyah, from the beginning. That these monies over here you could use for Kayat That was not his question. Kayat was not a she'ilah. Why? Because these items already were Tirumaya Shena. And for Tirumaya Shena, could be it's not a she'ilah you could use for Kayat Now, what was the she'ilah? The question was, can you use these items to buy Klisharit? Mm-hmm. Oh, he had a different she'ilah. He wanted to know, could you even use this leftover money to buy, okay. let's say, the kirim, the vessels of the uh, Bet HaMikdash. Why? Because the she'ilah was like this. <clears throat> she'ilah is like this. The We're discussing over here the uh, leftover monies. What do you do with them? So could you buy klisharet with these leftover monies? Again, we repeat this last Gibraltar's question again. It's uh, uh, over here the Gibraltar's question like this. Rabbi Hayabar um, Ba asked a question. He said, let's say Bet Garmu and Bet Aptina's families were not up to yet getting being paid yet. So he couldn't use this money to pay them. What do you do with the money? So he himself answers, you pay for Kaitsam is So the Gibraltar asks, what do you mean? You knew the answer, so what are you asking? Obviously, when you ask the question, you had a some sort of safik. So the Gemara's answer is that for sure he knew he could spend it for Kaitsa Mizbayah. Because this money was uh, sanctified for the Beit HaMikdash. He could spend it for Kurbanot for the Beit HaMikdash. The question was, can you even spend it for a higher level? Meaning more klisharit. Why? What's the she'ilah? His she'ilah hinges on the following fact. When the ketorah was made, how was it sanctified? According to one opinion, it had to be sanctified by placing it in a klisharit. Once it was placed in the klisharit, the ketorah became what's called kedushat aguf, which means intrinsically the kedushah of the ketorah was as such from the klisharit. Therefore, any monies 
that were used to transfer the Kiddushah of the Ketorah to money, that money can also spend on Klisharet. Just like what the Biyakivah told us in our Mishnah, Mutan Nesachin. The leftover money of Nesachin can be used for Klisharet. Now what was that talking about? Because the Nesachin, since they are sanctified in a Klisharet, so therefore they can also be used for Klisharet. However, if you say that Klisharet does not sanctify the uh, then already you can only use it for So then when that was his she'ela Could you spend it for Klisharet or not Comes again and says De'it peligun And now you see the makhlukas There's actually a makhlukas straight out And the says There's a makhlukas between the Amorayim Bittema bechudin What's the din if let's say you made the ketoret in a Kilihol In non-sanctified vessels He says pesula You need a Klisharet Rabbi Yoshua bin Rabbi Amar What's the reason of Rabbi Yosef? It says Pasul. The Pasul says Kodeshi. Well, actually, the real text should be Kodeshti Yelecha. That's the real Pasuk in the Torah. Which teaches you over here, That it has to be Kadosh from the inception. Which means from the beginning of the making of the Ketorah has to be Kodesh. How do you do that? By putting it in a Klisharet. And if you didn't, if you made it in a... How do you make the Ketorah? You grind it. So if you grinded it in a Klihol, no good. From the inception, the Ketorah, when it's ground in the beginning, it's got to be done with a pestle that's Kodesh, with a Klisharet that's Kodesh. Why? Because it says Kodesh Yelecha. Yeh from the beginning. What's the reason of Rabbi Yoshim Levi that says you don't have to have it Kodesh from the beginning? What does he do with this Pasuk? So he just says Kodesh he or Kodesh Yelecha all he says is that the money that he used to buy the Ketoret comes from Terumat Tanishka. Just giving you the Kodeshes on the money, not on the making of the Ketoret itself. So because we have a phenomenal Mahlokar over here between the Amoraim, the Biyosim, the Bihanina, the Biyoshob, and Levi on the actual making of the Ketoret. Does that have to be made inceptionally from Klisharet? Or it can even be made in Kli Hol. Comes the Gemara and says, Amar Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Boon. Atai Rabbi Yosef, Ben Harina Kishmuel. Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Boon. That said what? That said, Rabbi Rabbi Harina, that said Pesula. He's going like Shemuel. Okay, I'm sorry, again. Amar Rabbi Yosef, Ben Rabbi Boon. He's the one that made the statement. Atai Rabbi Yosef, Ben Harina. Rabbi Yosem statement that says it has to be in Klisharet, it has to be in Klisharet, he's going like Shemuel. And Rabbi Yosem ben Levi that says it can even be done Bechlichol, it's following Rabbi Yohanan, which means we found two other rabbis that have the similar mahlok. And the Gebra says, because we learned in the Mishnah, a person that, let's say, consecrates his nechassim, his possessions. And in his uh, possessions he had items that were worthy to be used for Korbanot Sibur. So the Gemara says, Rabbi Yohanan Amar, what are these items? What do you mean he had items in his possession that are that we favor for Korbanot Sibur? Ketoret. Yeah, it's Ketoret. And therefore, what do you see over here? Now, the guy had it in his personal possession. Does the guy in his house have Klisharet? Of course not. Elawad. We see that if a person has his nechassim and he makes him call it, he can give it to the Beit HaMikdash. Because the ketoret is considered a ketoret. So you see what? You don't need klisharet. So that's a proof that Rabbi Yohanan holds like the opinion of what? Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi. Amal avoshaya, avoshaya says no. No proof. Tipater be'umman meshel betabtina shayan hotel b'schado ketoret. I can tell you, who's this, who's this guy that made the hekdesh on all the nekasim? The fellow from betabtinas. And if he has the klisharet in his possession, and therefore he made the ketoret like that. So then, what was he? He was makdish nechasab. So I'll tell you, the case was that, we, the case was that he ended up he made the ketoret in his house. Okay. okay. He gave it to the Beit Hamikdash because it's, it's the Beit Hamikdashes. Then there was motar ketoret. The motar ketoret came back to him, right? Because we said it comes back to them, and then when they brought it back from him, so the point is, these magdishes nekasim and this item before they brought it back from him, and there's items that are naui. You just give it to the Beit Hamikdash. But the point is, it was made in a cliche. Therefore, we thought talk about an individual guy. Who said you talk about an individual guy? You can talk about a fellow from the house of Abtinas. Therefore, he had the right. No proof because even he had the cliche. Good. So that's the cliche.
No, you right. If it's spit up tiras, you have no proof. You have no proof from that story that you don't need a klishah in. Because I can tell you, the house that made the ketoret was the bet tiras family. Now. So again, and therefore, how did he make it tigdish? Because I told you, he had his ketores. He gave it to the Beit Hamikdash. Good. They had leftovers. They gave it back to him as honin. He then sanctified all his property, including the honin ketores. They could use it because it was sanctified in the klisharet from the inception. Comes again, continues. Udrabi Yosef, Rabbi Hanina, Kishmuel. Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Hanina holds like Shmuel that you need a. Kelly Sharet for Ketore Da Amar Ravuna Bishim Shimuel Kosavunas Nevin Shimuel Machteshit That's the grinder Right? The more that they used Machteshit No The pestle is the one Okay They, 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 they Machteshit the grinder The grinder that they used to grind the Ketore Asu Otak Echli Sharet HaKodesh They treated it Like Echli Sharet Why? Because even the Machteshit That they used to grind the Ketore Has to have a status of a Echli Sharet So you see That this opinion holds It is indeed need Klisharet. And the Gibbara goes on. Amar Rabbi Yose be Rabbi Bun. Amra Rabbi Huna Kume Rabbi Yose. Rabuna said in front of Rabbi Yose. Now, if you tell me that it needs Klisharet, go to that opinion. Davar Shekadesh be Klisharet. New question. Something that is sanctified in the Klisharet. In Halakha, this is called something that has Kiddushat Haguf. It intrinsically becomes kadosh. It's like a korban. Now you cannot make redemption on these items, which means you cannot take the kiddushah of uh, something that's kiddushah taguf and transfer it to something else. So how are you talking over this whole time? You tell me what the ketoret, the leftover ketoret, you transfer it to the money, and then what do you mean? If it's kiddushah taguf, there's no option. There is no pinyon on something that is kiddushah taguf. So how does this whole process begin? So that's the question. Is it shayak to make redemption? So Gibra says, Ahmad Velo Hold it. Who's the one that says you have to put it in Klisharet? Shemuel. So Shemuel has an answer to how you redeemed it. Shemuel is going to Shitato. Shemuel Amar, Kalhu be Motar. We have a special leniency when it came to the Motar, a Ketoret, that what? Betin was lenient that said, not only Ketoret, but any remnants of Kodashim, you're able to make Pidyon. The Itpiligun, because we have a Mahlokit actually on this subject. Hotiru Timimim. Uh, let's say you have extra korban ola. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you have extra korban ola? Every day you use two korban ola. How, how can it be extra? Because the Gemara says in another place that every day you had to have in the Beit Hamikdash six potential animals that are raui for korban ola, meaning checked from mumim and all that, just to have insurance to make sure that you can have an animal. Now, on the 29th day of Adar, the last day of the year. You're going to have six animals in the Beit HaMikdash. You're only going to use two of them. So you're always going to have at least, at least four animals a year that were designated for Qurban Ola that are going to be now left over. So what do you do with those four animals that were designated for Qurban Ola? Uh, what do you do? It's considered now uh, inherent kiddushah. You cannot make a pigeon. You can't sell them and put the kiddushah in something else. So regarding these extra korban olahs that they had every year, we have a mahluk at what they did with them. So the Gemara says like this: Shmuel He says not. You make pigeon. You take the money, the value of the korban olah, and you transfer it on money of chodin. And then what you did with the chodin. Uh, and so now that that money is a Kodesh, and with that money, you buy back the animal as a Korban Ola. The same animal. You buy it back, that animal has new Kiddushah of a Korban Ola, and therefore, it's Kiddushah the Guru, and therefore you have no problem. Okay, so again, Shemuelaman Nivdin Kitmimim. Again, I repeat the, the, the principle. You mehalel the money. You take money. You take the Kiddushah of the Korban, and you put it on the money. And then you go buy this korban again, l'shem kiddushat ola, and you bring it as a ola. Again, it's a kula again. Because normally you can't make pigeon on uh, on things that are kiddushat aguf. He says, no, you have to let the item 
graze until it gets a balmum, and only once it gets a balmum, then you're allowed to redeem them. Which is even the items of Kiddushat that goof, they are subject to redemption after they got a blemish. The Hadush of Shemuel is no. These items over here doesn't matter. Now, they were designated as a Qurban Tamid. You can't bring it as a Qurban Tamid. So what do you do? Take the money, right? Transfer the Kiddushah of the Ola to the money. Now, take the money, buy the Qurban, re-sanctify it, but you receive, sanctify it as a regular Qurban Ola, and then we just put it on the Mizbah. Yeah, not a Qurban Tamid. Well, actually, you probably can, you can re-sanctify it with the new money as a Qurban Tamid for the, yeah, from the new Shekalim of the next year. Correct. If you're using the money of the next year, you can even re-sanctify it as a Qurban Tamid for the next year, 100%. Shemuel explains, Shemuel explains, again we repeat for clarity, Shemuel explains the process as follows. Yavi Qurban Ola, it was designated as a Qurban Ola. Now the Hadush of Shemuel is normally, and I'm as Kedushetaguf, it does not lend itself to any type of... Yeah. However, since Shemuel says that for uh, things in the Beit HaMikdash, leftovers, they were lenient to make pidyon. Now, how do you make the pidyon? Hmm. You have the Qurban Ola. You take money of Khudin. Money that is totally non-consecrated. You take the Kiddushah of the Qurban Ola, you put it on the Khudin money. That money is Kodesh, you put it as Motar Nishka. It goes into the leftover monies of Kiddushah Shikalim of the year before. Because these Qurbanot are from the year before now. Well, you put it in the, uh, in the bank. Good. Now you want to buy these items back. Right? Now the Ola is Khol. You want to buy it back. How do you buy it back? You take new Shikalim of the new season, that have Kiddushah, you buy them the Shem Ola, now the Kiddushah of the money goes on the animal. These are not considered Qurban Tamid for the new year. And the Shekalim uh, go to Hulin and that's it, you purchase them. And therefore, Shemuel's Kiddush is, you could do that. Where is a coin to the B? Yohanan, he says no. He says it's Kiddushah Taguf, you have no choice. You have to let them graze. They become Pasul, meaning a Baal Moon. And then after it becomes a Baal Moon, you're able to uh, uh, sell them and the proceeds you bring uh, for the uh, so therefore, you can only make a redemption after they become Baal Moon. So Shemuel is consistent. The Gibraltar's question was, Hey Shemuel, the Ketorah does a Klisharet. And the Ketorah does a Klisharet. How do you allow to sell it? I mean, Shemuel is consistent with Shittatot. Just like he lets you do it by the Korban Tamid, he lets you do it by the Ketorah. The Ketorah does Kedushat Tegum. So what? There was a kula that the rabbis gave the gabe the uh, items of motar ketoret as well as motar temidim. Comes the Gemara and says, last question. Let's say they lost the sight of Rosh Chodesh. They sanctified an animal for the uh, Rosh Chodesh, one of the seirim of Shachodashim, and uh, they didn't find it until after Rosh Chodesh Nisan. Now after Rosh Chodesh Nisan. Already it's last year's goods. Yeah. So you cannot use this sa'ir for any of the Rosh Hashim of the new year. So this would be called motar sa'irim. Again, on Rosh Hashim they bring a goat. Okay? You have to bring the goat from the Shia's money. Let's say the goat got lost. It didn't surface until after Rosh Chodesh Nisan of the next year. Mm. Now I cannot use this goat for any of the Rosh Hashim coming up. Okay. Because this was bought with last, year. last year's money. So that goat is called motar sa'irim. Yeah. Again, does this item have Kiddushat Taguf? Yeah. Yeah. Most certainly. It was sanctified as a Qurban. So the Gemara says, Al-Da'atid according to Shemuel, that says, you're allowed to redeem Timidin, like we just learned. These Sa'idin, by the way, we considered Qurban Khatat. So the Gemara is making a Kadahomid. If Shemuel lets you redeem Ola, or the more so, he lets you redeem hatat. What's the logic? So he explains like this. Let's say you let the olah just graze and get a blemish. What would you do now after you let it get a blemish? So the money would go for kayitzah mizbeyah, but as an olah. Meaning you put the... So it would maintain its same status if you let it become blemished. Meaning... You'd let it become blemished, redeem it, take the money, buy another animal as an ola, Now, and still, even though you had an option to keep it as an ola, still he said, redeem it to keep it as an ola, tamid, you know, by doing this whole pigeon. Now, a khatat, it becomes like a sa'id, this khatat that becomes blemished. That became uh, uh, last year's goods, it became leftovers. Had you let it become blemished, 
What do you do with the pigeon money? You cannot bring it as a hatat. No. You only bring it as an olah. You cannot bring a, a redemption from a korban hatat only for a person that has a sinner. Yeah, but if the if, if this if this animal became blemished, you cannot bring mutar hatat as a hatat. No, so you bring it as an olah on the mizbeach. So again, although more so in this case, he would allow you to what? To make the redemption in this case to keep it a hatat. I explain again. If in a case of an olah, where you didn't have to make a redemption, and it still would have been kept an olah, and still he allows you what? To be put there. Or the more so in a hatat, where there's no way to keep it a hatat, but through redemption, or the more so he lets you do a pigeon. Again, in the case of olah, let it graze. Get a mum. Get a mum. Sell it. Take the money. Buy another olah with it. For kaitsa misbayah. Still he says, no, you're not going to do that. Even though you can keep it as an olah, I'll let you go, uh, be podet with the whole money, take the cholin money, buy it back, good. Or the most you can do that for a hatat. Because if a hatat, if you can let it graze, you lost your hatat. It's not going back as a hatat. It's going to go as an olah. So all the most will let you make the pijot to keep it as a hatat. What will you do? Same story, you have the sa'id. It's Kurdish, right? Can't use it, but. Take cholin money, Take the kiddushah, put it on the money. Let that money fall into motar al-lishka. Take new shekalim, buy the sa'id for the from the new money, and use it for the rishodesh after Nisan. So comes again what I said, al-dartid Rabbi Yohanan, but according to Rabbi Yohanan, Amar Rabbi Zaira, Yid'u. According to Rabbi Zaira, according to Rabbi Yohanan, just like you let the ola graze, so you have the hatat graze. Comes again what I said, Amar Rabbi Shmuel, Rabbi Yitzhak. Mekaitsin bahen et ha-mizbayah. New opinion. Rabbi Shmuel Bar Yitzhak says, these goats, or these sa'inim, that were left over, you use it uh, for kaits ha-mizbayah, which means you bring it for korban uh, olah. They themselves, you take the animal, and they put it for kaits ha-mizbayah. So the Gibraltar says, what are you talking about? Gibraltar has a pasal, the kashya. Yesh hatat shikiri ba'olah. How could you have a korban hatat? And all of a sudden you turn it into a Qurban Olam? How is that possible? Yeah. So the Gemara says, Amar Biyosa Shanyahi. Qurbanot Sibur are different. Why? She'en Qurbanot Sibur nikba'in ela bishita. When does an animal become what it is? When it's a Qurban Sibur? At the time the knife is about to cut. Till that, I don't care if you said this is a hatat. It doesn't have a deen of a hatat yet. Until when? Qurban Sibur. Until the knife cuts. So therefore, I don't care if you designated it as a hatat. Now the hatat, you can't use it as a hatat. Don't worry. At the time you cut, you have kamana for hola. And use the mekai from Ismayah. Mashiach is yahid. No, it goes after the designation. Once you designate it as a hatat, finished. It's hatat. You cannot use it for a hola. So the Gibran says, you're right. You don't know the rules. Because it's limited to Qurban Sibur. And Qurban Yahid. That's one answer to explain the opinion of Rabbi Shmuel Bar Yitzhak. However, the Gemara says, Ela, okay, Amar Rabbi Haya, comes along and gives a different answer. He says, There's no difference between Qurban Yahid and Qurban Sibur. Both get Kadosh at the time of the sanctification, not at the knife. And therefore, you have a problem. How could you take the Sa'id that was a Hattab and now put it on the Mizbah as a Ola? Kibbalah says, Tenai Beddin, who? Alamotar Shikribu Olot. Hadush, Beddin steps in over here. And Beddin comes along as if they made a condition from the beginning of Beddin to say, in the event that this Sa'id over here is not going to be valid, you could make it an Ola. From now. So therefore it was almost built in to the Kavana. So once already you throw Tribedin in there, it explains how you can take the Sa'id and put it on the Mizbaya.